Hello everyone, this is Pastor Jay from the Big Woods Community Church, associate pastor there. And I would first want to start off by saying to everyone, we would welcome you to the services at 1030 on Sunday morning and 630 on Wednesday evenings. This uh, podcast that I'm doing today is another rendition of what I had done yesterday at church Wednesday evening something happened and I don't know I must have hit a button or something uh, but it didn't upload the uh, the material during the service but I wanted to kind of go over this again um, this that I taught on that I felt very led to teach on was the doctrine of forgiveness and I would say slash unforgiveness because they go hand in hand so very much uh, I started off the service last night, and I and I told the people of the congregation, and I'm going to tell the listeners of this as well, there is no higher calling in the land than to stand behind the pulpit of the holy the holy desk and and bring the Word of God to the congregation. When asked, Billy Graham said, uh, back in his heyday, he was asked if he would run for president of the United States of America. And his reply was was absolutely on target. He said, you know, for me to be the president of the United States would be for me to take a demotion from the highest calling in the land. And let me assure you of that, that there is absolutely nothing in this world more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Within these doctrines is life and death. Your faith, your placing your faith in Jesus Christ and the mission that he accomplished, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, is paramount. You have to do that or you will surely die. That is the ultimate message from the 30,000 foot view of the gospel is life and death is right before us. But Satan has a way of, of taking our concentration from that or our Keeping us from noticing it, maybe, is a good way to put it. He wants us to look all over the place, but look at that fact and distract us from really developing a relationship with Christ and being born again, you know, placing your wholehearted faith in Jesus to save you and to forgive you of all your sins. There should be a godly sorrow developed in your heart when looking at yourself for what you truly are and there are a lot of great people out there, don't get me wrong, but inwardly we all have this sin debt and we're not going to make it unless that sin debt is taken care of by our Father in Heaven. That's just all that there is to it. And I, I, and I told the church last night, you know, that Jess and I, uh, Jess, the senior pastor there, we have an obligation when we step up there, uh, we're going to be standing before God uh, in Heaven over the congregation and what we told them and, and what we taught you, the body of our teachings, every word that we taught you is going to be brought up before us, before God. And, you know, we will assuredly will answer to God for either giving you all the Bible knowledge you need and needed to make it to heaven and to live a proper Christian life or not. Um, you know, it's up to us to tell you and teach you of the absolute day of judgment that we all will surely face. And that is that is the pastor. That's the pastor's job is to uh, the scripture says is to equip the saints uh, 
for the work of the ministry. That's, that's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. And so we have an obligation when we are called by God to stand before you and give you everything you need. One of the, there are many doctrines in Christianity, but one of the, the ones that, you know, there, there are things like being born again. We talked about debatable issues and dividable issues. Debatable issues are man-made issues, things that men make up, like long hair, short hair, makeup, no makeup, a tie, a suit. You know, these are things that are just debatable issues. But the dividable issues are the things that there is just no other way around. They are absolutism, like being born again. You must be saved. Uh, faith, you have to have faith. You have to believe that Jesus is the Son of the living God. You have to believe that He was born of a virgin and that He was the propitiation for our sins. You have to believe those things. Forgiveness is another one of those things. There is no way around it. You have to forgive people. You have to have forgiveness in your heart. Uh, last night I talked about, you know, if, if God can forgive us for what we did to His Son, and trust me, friends, we all had a part to play in the death of the Messiah. When the Romans in that day took that nine-inch spike into their hands and they lifted the hammer and they placed that nail on the skin of Jesus and drove it through his hands and, and through his feet into the plank of dogwood and nailed him and affixed him to the tree, trust me, it was us who was a part of that. You did that. I did that. Our sins did that. This is what it took for God to create a, a system of pardon for us to be forgiven of this massive sin debt that we owe. So if he can forgive us for doing that, then we surely should be able to forgive other people of the things that they've done wrong to us. You have to, it is mandated by God that you forgive. Now, last night I, I used a PowerPoint and, uh, the very first slide that I put on the PowerPoint was Matthew chapter 7, verses 22 and 23. And if you look at that verse, you might look at it and go, wow, Pastor Jay, this, why would you use such a verse to talk about forgiveness or unforgiveness? But listen to what it says. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils? And it it also says in verse 23, well, and in thy name did many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. So here's the thing. If we miss the doctrine of forgiveness, we could be standing in that line of people. I mean, think of this. Many will say to me in that day, what day? The day of judgment. Lord, Lord, capital L, these people are claiming Jesus Christ as their Lord. Listen at the things they did. Uh, they prophesied in his name and in, in his name they cast out devils. Folks, you ain't going to find the average Joe Smith out there doing these wonderful works. This is talking to people that go to church. This is the church. So our ears have to perk up 
And it says, and in your name, we did many wonderful works. And then Jesus said, I will profess unto them, listen to this, I never, I never knew you. And at any time did he ever know them. That indicates to us that what they were doing, they were doing just out of being religious and coming to church. That they never had that born again experience with Christ. They never was known of him. Known being an intimate word indicating a true, living, deep relationship. These people were just doing what needed to be done and that was it. You see, we can't be like that. We have to, you know, and if you read the book of James, who was the brother of the Lord, you read the book of James and James talks about uh, how that faith should compel us to do what we do. That we shouldn't do things out of the, the sake of doing it. He says, show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. So what we believe and who we are in Christ Jesus should compel us to do these things because of the relationship we have with him. We can't put the cart before the horse and say, okay, I'm going to do these things because of I go to church and leave the relationship out. No, we should have a compelling to live and do and be as Jesus was. So I don't know who these people's pastor was that stood in that line that the Lord said, depart from me, workers of iniquity, I never knew you. But listen, I don't want that to be Pastor Jay. So my obligation is to preach the absolute truth. So as we go along, you know, I, I told I told the people last night a little story about, you know, uh, you know, how God gave Jesus and the fact that God forgave us of such a monumental evil deed that, you know, the, the scripture says Jesus came into his own and his own received him not. Okay. How do you love a people who don't love you back? Well, that is the very essence of divine love. They hated him for what reason? There was none. Because of men's hearts were dark and evil. They hated a sinless Christ who come to love them and show them the way to heaven. And yet they crucified him. Unbelievable, you might think. Well, and, I, and, and, and on the cross, Jesus looks and says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive forgive them, introducing this doctrine of forgiveness. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And God, in his anger at what was going on, turned away at the request of the Son. So we talked about if God can forgive us for that, then we got to forgive other people, right? Well, I brought up a for instance last night of a story that that I've told for a long time, many years, of a man who operated a drawbridge. And this drawbridge, you know, was a, this man's sole job, and he was to man that thing uh, and watch very closely for barges and giant ships coming down the the waterway. And his job mm -hmm. was to pull the lever and activate the drawbridge and raise it up so that the, the, the boats could pass through without harm or damage. One evening he thought, well, it's a beautiful night. I'm going to bring my son and we're going to go up there and I'm going to watch him, you know, show him the boats as they're coming down the waterway and show him how to operate this 
this big rig of of gears and and powerful engines and belts and things and drives and here come a barge one night full full of people a big ship full of people thousands of people multi-level ship the people were not paying any attention at all and they were just happy people on board this boat and the horn sounded and and which was an indication to the man at the lift gates that he would pull the lever back and the drawbridge would would come up for the boat to pass in safety well he didn't see his son he noticed that his son was missing and he looked all over him for him and it was getting urgent he didn't want to do this without his didn't know where his son was at didn't want to get him hurt and it was getting urgent the boats were getting very close and it was getting to be almost the point of no return and these people who did not know their life was in peril that they were about to die when the man looked down only to notice his son was caught in the gears that worked the drawbridge and the man worked desperately to free him and he could not and there was a choice to be made do I save the lives of all these thousands of people and sacrifice my son or do I not and go get my son and sacrifice the lives of thousands of people who don't even know what's going on. The man with tears in his eyes and a broken heart told his son that he loved him dearly and his son was crying to his father and he pulled the lever and his son was killed instantly as the bridges raised and the happy people passed right before him, not even knowing, not even caring of the sacrifice that was made. Unbelievable that this could happen. I mean, they, the man thought to himself, how can they be happy and joyful? And they don't even know the sacrifice that I have done and how much this meant to me to do this, to save their lives. And so it is in the essence of God giving his son. And I and I asked the, the congregation how many people had children. Most everybody there raised their hands. And could you do that? Could you for a sake of a people who would never even acknowledge you so much as bat an eye your way, so much as they, they would despise you and declare you didn't even exist, but yet it was you that saved their life through sacrificing something so precious to you. Now, I don't know if a lot of people could have done that. Just be honest. But God loved you that much. So very much. He loves us. So much. That for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever would believe in him. Should not perish but have everlasting life. Do you see folks? So, if God can forgive us of that. In Matthew 6, 14 and 15, the scripture says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your, your, you your trespasses. Forgiveness is not optional. It is a mandate. 
And I know it can be terribly difficult. And I put that scripture too up on the PowerPoint last night. And, and I pointed out that verse 14 is the godly choice. 15 is the devilish choice. Unforgiveness is driven by Satan himself to create hatred and a prison for you to live in. And it's you that pays the price, not the person that you're holding unforgiveness towards. It's you. It, it hurts your relationship with God. It, it, it separates you and God. And it creates in you hatred and malice and evil. And a root, the scripture says, a root of evil can begin in your heart that can grow and grow and grow. And then you have to have God extract that because God is not going to permit that in his people and will not allow that in his people. And we cannot live in hatred towards folks. And I pointed out to the congregation that the Apostle Paul said, I strive to have a conscience that's clear between God, me and God, and me and man. Now look at yourself really closely at that. Is there someone that you have ought against deep in your heart? They hurt you so bad. And you've been harboring that for years, possibly, maybe your whole life. You have to release them. And you have to release yourself. And there are some people over the course of these 30 years that I've been preaching and pastoring. There are people that says, well, Pastor Jay, I can't do that. You have no idea what I've been through. And, and I don't. But I can say this. It don't matter. You still have to do it. You have to forgive. It's mandated. I told a story of a woman who came to me many years ago when I was teaching on forgiveness and preaching. And she said, I, Pastor Jay, she goes, I, I have to deal with the subject that's going on in my life and I want to tell you about it. I said, okay, let's talk to me. She goes, I am so tired of feeling the evil of hate in my heart. She goes, I hate this man. I said, well, what, what's happened? She says, I was raped. She goes, do I have to forgive this man? I said, yes. Yes, you do. But I told her, I said, forgiveness is not an emotion. It is not something that you feel. It's something that you choose to do. And then the emotion of it might come later. But you choose to forgive because of your obedience to the word of God and to the mandate of forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be chums with that person and, and go and hang out with that person. But you do have to forgive them. And the difference between God's forgiveness and man's forgiveness is God forgives and forgets never to be remembered against you anymore. But man, as I told the, the, the congregation last night, man forgives, but yet remembers. You know, we bury the hatchet, so to speak, but we leave the handle sticking up. That way, 20 years later, we can pull that sucker out of the ground and swat whoever it is over the head with it. But that's not how we're supposed to be. And that is the difference between God and man. But we have to try to forget and move on and allow God to take vengeance on these situations. For vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. And the wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. That's what the scripture says. So we have to love God and trust God enough to believe and know that he's going to take care of things. And you have to to place your faith in Christ that he will do it. So God has to be real to you for you to absolutely su to surrender to this. 
But if you can, you will experience a redemption that you have never known, a deliverance that you have never known before, a release from the prison. The woman said that she had been raped and I had told her that she must forgive this person. And she goes, I can't. I said, you can. You have to. She was, I'm ready to. She was, I'm so tired of it. So I told her, I said, do this. I said, when you're ready, I said, and you're praying and you're in your place of thought and prayer and you're quiet. I said, you imagine yourself with that man. I said, the rule is he can't say anything. He can't do anything. He can't even make a facial gesture. He's just got to be there with you. I said, and you get this man, and I said, and you pray, in your prayer, prayer visual, visualize yourself walking down the corridor of heaven, and you're headed right to the throne of God where Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. I said, and this man is walking with you. And I said, when you get to the throne of God, you look at God, you look at Jesus, and said, this is this man. I have hated this man, and I'm tired of hating him. I can't hate him and be a Christian. I He done this to me. He done that to me. I feel this way. He hurt me. He violated me. All these things. And I said, you say everything that that man did. You confess every single thing and how it made you feel. And then you look and say, Lord, I am putting him in your hands because I am not worthy, nor can I deal with it anymore. Vengeance is yours, Lord. And I said, after you say all those things, you leave him there in God's trusty hands and you walk away by yourself, leaving him there to face Jesus. I believe it was the next time we had church, she came and just tears filled her eyes and she said, I got something I want to say. And she talked and said how that she had experienced the greatest feeling of redemption and deliverance from a prison of hate, from years of hurt and pain. She felt peace that surpasses all understanding. And she had joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. Those are the things that God has promised us. That's what God wants to do for you. But you have got to forgive. You must forgive. Yeah. So the one thing, there's a couple things that we need to understand about forgiveness. And I told the church that it's kind of multifaceted doctrine that God forgives us, but we have to forgive other people. Uh, we have to. We have to forgive others. Uh, it, 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 it just, it's, it's a must-do situation. Forgiveness is something that has tentacles that reaches off of it for into all aspects of our life and has like a ripple effect that can take place in all areas of our life and can hurt us and damage us in our church and our personal life and the way we think and the way we feel. These are the things that, I mean, it can start to spread into all areas of our life. And so we have got to keep a clear conscience between us and man and us and God. And God will not deal with you in your Christian life until you have set these things straight. That is just exactly how it is. Uh, that, that's, that's just how God does this. Um, you know, and so uh, he's made it very known to us that we have to forgive people who trespass against us or he will not forgive us 
our trespasses where we've trespassed against him. It's, 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 it's interesting how this works. God forgives us, but then expects us to forgive others. And if we don't forgive the trespasses of people, then God doesn't forgive us of ours because he wants you to be an ambassador of Christ to show forth the life of Jesus here on this earth. And that's how you do this. And the more you grow in your Christianity, the more you become Christ-like and, and we represent him well and lift him up to a dying world. Now, I'm going to read you one last thing and I'll be done. And, but in Matthew 18, 21 through 35, Jesus gives a parable here. A, he gives a story um, that points to unforgiveness and how God deals with it. And so the Bible goes on to rightly divide itself, right? And Peter said to the Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Shall I forgive him just seven times? And Jesus said, I say unto thee until seven, uh, until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. But when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him, which owed him 10,000 talents. We'll just say that's like a million dollars. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had in payment be made. But the servant fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, please have patience with me and I'll repay you everything. And the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him of the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. We'll just say twenty dollars. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat and he shook him and he said, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. But he would not. But went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise, Jesus is saying this. My heavenly Father will do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother his trespasses. That is a powerful statement that reiterates the absolute mandate that you have to forgive. So if there is a person in your life or something in your life that you need to, to face, you need to, you need to do it. Now, it might not be a situation where you have to go to that person, but you have to forgive that person in your heart. This might be something of the days of old in your life. I don't, I don't know. It might be where it might make you feel better to go to that person and say something. But regardless if you go to the person or not, which in some instances is necessary, but sometimes not, you will experience the greatest relief and release from prison you have ever known. Do this, folks. It's mandated by God. This is Pastor Jay Keaton.
of the Big Woods Community Church. If you have any questions, you can feel free to text me or message me and I'll help you any way that I can. If there's something that you don't understand, please don't hesitate to call. God bless you all and have a very wonderful day. I also post these uh, at times on my Facebook page. You can come to that and check it out. Uh, I'm going to be meeting with Kay and Jess. Hopefully tomorrow we're going to take them out on a day on the town. And I'm going to interview Jess. And I hope, hopefully I, I will get the opportunity to post that interview on this podcast system as well and put it out to you guys. And you can listen to that and get a history of Big Woods and the things that's going on and years of ministry as we talk kind of shop together. So God bless you and have a very, very wonderful day.